So, um, last verse of today's reading. Jesus could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few people who were ill and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. He was amazed at their lack of faith. Do you have faith? Do you have faith? Do you feel faithful this morning? Do you feel you have faith this morning? Do you feel full of faith? Or sometimes do you doubt? Do you wonder what's going on in the world? If there is a God, why is he letting this happen? Do you sometimes think, Lord, I would like to believe, but I have so many questions. Help my unbelief. Well, today's passage, if you've ever thought that, if you've ever had a doubt, a really hard question, this passage is for you. Because it actually says a lot about faith. In fact, it says Jesus was amazed at people's lack of faith. Let me just go through that incident again, that just on the chapters before this, Jesus has been very active, very, very busy, going backwards and forwards across the Sea of Galilee, healing, teaching, praying, showing people new ways, talking to crowds. And then he goes back in chapter 6 to Nazareth, to his own town. He goes back, maybe for a bit of respite. He's healed people. He's healed uh, a woman who had a bleed for 12 years. He's healed, he's brought a little girl back to life. And now he goes back to Nazareth. He goes back to Nazareth and the crowds are there and they're interested. This famous rabbi has come to town. Come and see, come and hear him. So they gather in the street, but then they go, hang on a minute. We know him. We know him. He's that, my kids played with him. We know his sister. We know his brother, James and and Joseph and Simon. He's nothing special. Who does he think he is? Familiarity breeds contempt, as they say. And they don't believe in him. They don't believe in him. Just who does he think he is? And in such a climate of unbelief, Jesus chooses not to use his miraculous powers. He's amazed of their lack of faith. You know, in the Gospels, there's only two occasions where Jesus is amazed. This is one of them. Two occasions, both to do with faith. On the first occasion, Jesus is amazed by, by how much faith the person has. It's a soldier, a Roman centurion, a, a commander in the Roman army. He's not a Jew. He's not from their faith. He's a different, from a different religion, a different people group. But he comes to Jesus and he puts his faith in him. And Jesus says, I'm amazed at this guy's lack of faith. Sorry, I'm amazed at this guy's faith. I'm amazed at this faith. He's not even from our people. And then he goes back to Nazareth, which is his people. It is his religion. It is the Jewish race. And they don't believe him. And Jesus says, I'm amazed at your lack of faith. So what about us today? Will Jesus be amazed by your faith, by our faith? Or might he be amazed by our lack of faith? Well, let's dig into that just a little bit. Two things. What do we mean by faith? Let's talk about what faith isn't and what faith is. So first of all, what faith isn't. Let's first of all get rid of this wrong idea about faith that sometimes is out there, that some, some people feel that faith means I never have any doubts, that it's kind of bulletproof, it's superhero faith, it withstands anything. That's wrong. It's not even biblical. What's much more true is actually my faith can include doubts. Real faith can include doubts. It isn't bulletproof. In fact, when I come across people who seem to have a bulletproof faith that nothing can ever question, I wonder, have they ever really come across the real questions of life, the really hard questions, or have they just avoided them? Faith can include doubts. Faith definitely does not have to be bulletproof. 
If your faith is bulletproof today, then that's great. Mine isn't. I do have sometimes doubts. I do have hard questions. Why is God allowing this? Why is this happening? I do have questions, but guess what? Guess what? That's okay. You can have doubts and questions and still have a really strong faith. A really strong faith. How can I say that you can have doubt, that you can doubt and believe at the same time? How, how does that work? Well, first of all, that's my experience. But second of all, it's in the Bible. In fact, it's all over the Bible. The Bible is full of faithful doubters. Not just Thomas, lots of people who, who believed and yet had huge doubts. And of all the incidents in the Bible where there are doubters, people who doubt Jesus, this one takes the biscuit. This one is my favorite of all. This one, uh, this, I'm just going to show you this passage. It's from uh, the end of the Gospels where uh, the disciples have been with Jesus for three years. They've seen everything. They've seen his resurrection. And then this incident happens uh, at the end of Matthew. So Jesus has risen from the dead and appeared to his disciples multiple times. And then, here's the verse. Then the 11 disciples, so that's everybody except Judas because he's died by now. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. When they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. Now back up a minute, just hold on and just see what this is saying. These guys have been with Jesus for three years. They've heard his teaching. They've heard him one-to-one. They've heard him address crowds. They've seen his miracles. They were there when he calmed that storm on the lake. They were there when, he, when there was about 5,000 people and Jesus took a little boy's sandwiches and fed a lot of them. They were there when he raised that girl from the dead just a chapter before this. They were there when he raised Lazarus from the dead. They were there. They've seen Jesus crucified on a cross and now they've seen him alive and resurrected. The person they're talking to, they've eaten with him, they've walked with him, they've talked to him. He was dead seven days ago and they doubt. And they doubt. Do you know what? If it's okay for them to doubt, it's okay for you and me to have occasional doubts. I've said this before in this church and I'll say it again. Doubting isn't a sin. Doubting is just human. It's just being honest about where we are. Faith will include some doubts. It's good to be a faithful doubter. And we'll dig into that a little bit more. Faith is also honest about hard questions. Not just doubts. Doubts and hard questions. And that's because our faith changes over time. Um, Most people, most of us, we start asking harder questions. And our faith as we are now, will not be the same as it was 10, 20, maybe more years ago. And that's okay. Many things change over time. Many things. Our relationships change over time with our parents, with our children, uh, with our spouses. Those relationships change and develop. Uh, Hobbies change over time. Good wine changes over time. And faith also changes over time. When we were very young... We didn't ask the most searching questions. We're taught Bible stories and we accept them. And that's good. That childlike trust, I will come back to in a minute. But we accept ideas of God, which may not be true. A kind of benevolent old man in the sky who always says yes. Now, some people stay at that point forever and never really get to the hard questions. But many of us do get to hard questions. Why is God allowing all kinds of tragedy? 
every day this week on the news there's been uh, um, <clears throat> an update from Syria because it's 10 years since that war started and each one is almost more horrific than the last one why does God allow that that's a hard question why does God allow what's going on in Yemen what about COVID and sometimes we feel disappointed by God why hasn't God done something these are hard questions that we have and it's an important time when we have these questions if you're asking and struggling with hard questions about God that's an important time don't ignore them or suppress them or pretend they're not there we must as a church as a community of believers allow hard questions we must have safe spaces for people to say I'm really not sure about that doesn't make sense in fact I would say for me thinking through the hardest questions have been the times when I've grown most in my faith Thinking through hard questions is an invitation from God to grow in faith, to win through legitimate doubts and get to a place of greater confidence. I'll say that again. Thinking through hard questions can be God's invitation to grow in faith, to think through legitimate doubts and get to a place of greater confidence. We may not know all the answers, but we increasingly become more content to sit alongside the questions knowing what we do know knowing what we do know it can be a bit scary it's like this do you remember when you uh, learned to ride a bike or maybe like me you've hurt your back helping your kids to learn bikes on stabilizers over the years and the stabilizers are great aren't they they can really help us they're like the things that we think of as the the ideas we have as God when we're little They're, they're a good comfort to us they hold us up and when they come off when the stabilizers come off it's a scary time it's a scary time, but unless they come off, you will never have that rich experience of going out and exploring further and faster than you've done before. They also hold us back. Losing the stabilizers, that's what it's like when we openly discuss the hardest questions. It seems scary to begin with, but with the right people around us, our faith can become more authentic and deeper. See, faith then genuine faith will include doubts and will always ask really hard questions the hardest questions faith will grow deeper when we face up to the hard questions when we stop pretending that they're not there okay so that's one side of this what faith isn't it's not about suppressing questions it's not about pretending we never have doubts let me say now what faith is and i'll simply and succinctly i hope faith is a conscious decision to trust It's a conscious decision that I make and I say, I'm going to trust. I choose to trust. It's actually a decision. And as Christians, we put our trust in a person, the person of Jesus Christ, the person we read of in the Gospels. Trust is about knowing someone. It's about getting to know him. It means I don't need all the right answers right now because I trust. I still accept there are questions, but I trust. Let me use another analogy of a childhood to to explain what I mean by trust. When my uh, little girls, I have three girls, I'm not little anymore, but when they were little, we used to go swimming. And one thing I always did was say, hey, jump off the side of the pool and I'll catch you. Jump off the side of the pool and I'll catch you. One or two thought it was great. One or two were a bit wary about it. Well, you know, there's two, two ways a child can jump off the side of a pool. 
when their parents are ready to catch them. Two different ways. The first way is, she could have done this. The first way is, I need the answer to all the questions. So the first way that my daughter would have gone, so my dad is about two meters away, and I can run at about four kilometers an hour, and if I jump at a trajectory of maybe 30, maybe 35 degrees, I'll probably get there, but then there's the acceleration due to gravity. That's 9.8 meters, but oh, it's quite difficult. She didn't ask any of those questions. Our kids, they don't ask any of those questions. I'll tell you what she thought. She thought, there's my daddy. He's the one who takes me to McDonald's. I trust him. Let's go. Trust is choosing to trust, and faith is choosing to trust in a person. And you know what? This uh, person, this is working out a story. We've been following it on the tour. The story that God is working out starts 2,000 years B.C., with a man called Abraham, and it proceeds to Jesus Christ, and it goes on for another 2,000 years through the history of the church to you and me and beyond that. God is working that story out through the person of Jesus Christ. That's what we're trusting to. It's about being faithful to that story, being faithful to that relationship. You know, when we're married, um, sometimes we don't feel in love every day. But in a faithful marriage, we're faithful to the relationship. Whatever we feel like, we're faithful. Or being faithful is the same as having faith. If you're faithful to the things of God, it's the same as having faith. So faith is a decision we take to trust, an actual decision we choose to trust. We place our trust in the person of Jesus, and we also place our trust in the community of believers in the community of this church. See, having faith isn't something to do on your own at home. I know we're in COVID, and we can't help it at the moment, but having faith is not something to do at home on our own. Having faith means coming together, called to be the church, and doing the things of church, and hearing about the things, sharing the things we've been thinking about today. Sharing people's birthdays, people's big wedding anniversaries, Sharing the facts that people have been looking after each other. You have been looking after each other. That is faith. That is the working out of faith. Celebrating those big occasions together. Hearing about the guy who's been phoning somebody every day for a year. Belonging to this community is faith, an integral part of faith. Having faith means belonging with, with the people on the same journey as you and me. And we're all on the same journey. And we all struggle with things. And we encourage one another as we go being faithful to this community as well as to the person of Jesus Christ. So then lastly, let me just summarize that. So, being, so, so on the one hand, faith, it's not about suppressing doubts and questions. It's not about having a, being bulletproof. On the other hand, it is a decision we take to trust. And then just to close this, this out lastly, somebody once said, Courage is not the complete absence of fear. Courage is doing the right thing, even when I am afraid. So I would say, faith is not the complete absence of doubt. Faith is when we choose to trust, even when there are doubts, even when there are hard questions. Faith is not the complete absence of doubt. It's choosing to trust, even when I do have a doubt. Keeping my doubts and the hard questions on the one hand, not ignoring them, while holding our trust in the real person of Jesus Christ in the other. 
So then lastly, we return to the, the verse that we had. Jesus was amazed at their lack of faith, wasn't he? And before that, Jesus was amazed at the centurion's faith. Will Jesus be amazed at your faith and mine? Well, what I wanted to say today is your faith doesn't have to be bulletproof and without doubts and without questions. Jesus is fine with you coming along with your doubts and with your questions and all the hang-ups that you've got about the world and about him and choosing to trust. That's often the way that people will grow in faith. So today, let's bring our doubts, bring our questions, bring our hang-ups before God and choose to trust. That's enough to amaze the Lord Jesus. Let's pray. Let's come before God as we are and whatever mask we've had on our face, let's just let it fall to the ground and allow God to see you as you really are this morning or whenever you're watching this. God sees you as you are. No masks. No place to hide. He sees you as you are right now. And he loves you completely. He loves you utterly. With your doubts, with your fears, with your questions. He loves you as you are. Just take a moment to sit in his presence and know that. And so, Lord, with all the things that uh, we don't like about our lives and the doubts and the questions and the things that we don't want to do, today, Lord, we choose. We choose to trust you. We choose to put our trust back in you because you're the one we want to trust. You're the one we want to get to know. You're the one, Lord, that we do know. Thank you, Lord, and help us to trust you this week. In Jesus' name, amen.